A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Welcome to the DNA Airwaves. We have Joanna Majoko in the house. I'm Matt Kesselman. We have Dariki Palmer here. Hello. We have Anthony Lewis here. Hey, hey. And the four of us are a merry band who are about to have a merry banter. Hi. Wow. Merry banter. You thought about that about two hours ago? Yeah, yes. I wrote it down in the car. Well done, Matt. <laughs> hey, Joanna, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and yourselves? Good, good. Good. We're so good. happy to have you here with us. On this lovely day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you um, about a number of things, one of them being music. But I think before that, it sounds like you have quite an interesting background as far as your upbringing and some of the places that you grew up in. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. Um, My mother is German and my father is Zimbabwean. So my parents Mm -hmm. met in Germany while they were both studying university. And had me. Uh, I was born in Duisburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, shortly after that, about three months of age, uh, my father decided to take the family back home to Zimbabwe. Nice. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up in Zimbabwe for the first 15 years of my life. So my formative years. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, wow. I grew up in uh, Bindura and Harare, which is the capital of Zimbabwe. Nice. Mm. Um, and I would say, if anything, um, it really, my time growing up in Zimbabwe, and I also lived in South Africa, so I guess I could say Africa, Yeah. Uh, wow. really formulated uh, not only the my morals, but how I uh, approach music, um, the kind of music that inspires me, um, the kind of music that I hope to, to create. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, most people definitely draw inspiration from, you know, their early childhood. But when you say that um, specifically what from Zimbabwe did you draw from as far as relating to your music now? Uh, I was involved in uh, many extracurricular activities, that being um, it was an after school program on weekends where we got to we were introduced to a plethora of uh, traditional instruments as well as uh, modern instruments. Can you describe so a few I, of those, sorry? Yes, of course. Uh, I was introduced to the marimba, mm. which is very much in comparison to the vibraphone. Nice. Um, the hosho, which you would compare to a, a set of maracas. Okay. Um, the, the drum, the hand drum, obviously, which can be derived as the congas, any sort of hand drum. Gotcha. Uh, Gumboot dancing, uh, which is another form of incorporating um, sound or rhythm, rather, because it involves clapping of the gumboots as well as dancing. Okay. And then obviously singing, singing in choir settings, whether that was 
learning uh, folklore, the marimba, which is, uh, if you know the um, kalimba, the marimba is in the same family, slightly different construct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which one did you say you're the best at right now? <laughs> I would say voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Voice and percussion, voice and percussion. Sorry, I get distracted easily, so when Anthony moves, I, I'm drawn like a... Oh, wow, I, have, I, totally. I got some impact, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me as we go on this journey to Reiki. Um, right. So you, you mentioned all those cool instruments and kind of the culture when you were growing up. At uh, what point did your voice really start to be something that was, you know, um, really start to stand out to you as something special and something that you wanted to develop on? Not until my early 20s. Oh. Um, yeah. I was a, quite a shy individual growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of my musical interactions happened within a group setting. Um, I don't come from a family of musicians, a lot of yeah. scientists and engineers. So there wasn't necessarily anyone to look towards to and go, oh, you know, this is something I want to take seriously. In my mind, it was like, well, I like to sing. I like music. But you know, that's that's where the line ends. And then um, I was attending university, Brandon University in Manitoba, mm-hmm. pre-law. Um, and I was in my final year of that degree preparing to take my LSATs and apply to law school. And I had to make up credits. So I took a jazz history course Yeah, and ended up falling in love with the jazz, jazz history and the language of it. Like never fall in love with music in that way. Yeah. Um, and through that, uh, it sort of sparked, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to audition to sing at the basketball games. I'm going to at least like take one step to doing something in the forefront to see if this is something I potentially want to change my, my career trajectory for. Right. And, uh, I was, uh, accepted into singing the national anthem for that. And I started to realize people's, um, reactions to my voice Obviously, yeah, like wow. that was a very early stage of my singing <laughs> yeah. uh, development. But that's, I would say like 21, 22 was a time where I was like, you know what? I feel like I have something unique to say. And nobody uh, saw it before? Nobody heard you sing in the shower yeah, or yeah. while you're in the car oh, or yeah. something? <laughs> and never were I like, mean, my you mom, sing. <laughs> My mom is my number one fan. Right, She course. forever <laughs> will be number one. And she always said, you have a beautiful voice. But you know... You don't necessarily take it seriously because once Absolutely. again, I wasn't surrounded by the arts in that right. way. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting though because you said that it was a jazz history class that kind of sparked this flame for music. Was yes. there a lot of like singing or any sort of interaction, or was it actually just the historical elements of jazz that kind of drew you in? It was a combination of the historical, but mostly the freedom in the language. Mm, So part of the history uh, learning was understanding that jazz is not a genre. It is very much a language, uh, a language that was born out of uh, uh, enslavement of people. So that was Mm, their way mm. of communication, right? Right. And so I was very much in a time of timidness and not knowing how to express myself. And jazz was the first time I thought, wow. I could find my own way of expressing whatever it is I would want to express musically. Um, so I approached the professor 
and they actually didn't have a vocal department in their jazz program. Mm. But he said, come oh. to one of my ensembles. I'd love for you to sit in. There was no pressure. And I slowly started to uh, involve myself, whether it was like learning a jazz standard and so forth and singing. And with the encouragement of, of this professor and realizing the, the feeling I got from performance, that's really what sparked it. Yeah, that feeling, a feeling, uh, it's really hard to describe that validation that's like something speaking yes. to your soul that when you finally express it and you get the recognition that you're hoping, or not even what you're hoping for, but you're, it's received well, it's really, really, really fulfilling. Sorry, my mic yes, was tripping. <laughs> As I was talking, it was slowly going. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, incredible. When did you start actually recording yourself, though, and actually trying to... Um, you know, pursue it as a career? Uh, recording, serious recording, I would say towards the middle portion of my music degree at the University of Manitoba. Okay. When I was actually studying jazz. Mm. Yeah. Was that provided as part of the schooling? No, that was an opportunity I received um, through um, a musician in Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, where I was studying and said, I love your voice and I'd love to start recording. And uh, we were encouraged in school to, you know, start developing, start getting that experience both in studio and on stage. Um, so I, I went into it not necessarily thinking it was going to be anything right. just to gain experience. And what did you think about your experience in the studio? How was it different from singing live or singing with with friends or... Uh, any other experiences you've had beforehand? Singing in a studio is very exposing of yeah. your <laughs> technique. Yeah, it's very exposing of that. So it was, uh, it wasn't enjoyable <laughs> the first time <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I was like, that's what I sound like. That's what I'm doing. Oh, man. I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I enjoyed now? it. I love it. Okay. I love it. Uh, I love it more and more. It's still, I think it's more, it requires for me more focus, more mm -hmm. preparation. Uh, I'm not a, a one hit, you know, one take uh, type of um, individual in the studio. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone I, I definitely appreciate time with a piece before going into the studio. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. What's your preference now? Do you prefer live over studio work? And I guess what's also, what's the difference in preparation and mindset for either? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I would say up until recently, I preferred uh, live performance over studio, but I've mm. been having more studio experiences uh, where I walk away going, wow. That was the most amazing experience. I felt comfortable. I felt really connected with the musicians uh, or the moment. And I think nice. that has just a lot to do with, you know, gaining more experience and age. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say I appreciate them and love them both. For different reasons. Yeah. That makes sense. For different reasons. Yeah. And What's one thing you hate the most question. about being a vocalist? Um stereotype yeah. of of being a vocalist yeah, yeah. which <laughs> that, is that you yeah, don't that? you don't know as much as the instrumentalist oh, on stage right, right. or okay. i get what i get a lot is who wrote your music i'm like i did yeah. <laughs> wow. you yeah. know disrespect yeah 
Yeah. Hmm. But I've, I've, I'm getting better at sort of just like deep breaths and, you know, brushing it off. <laughs> Who gets less respect, uh, singers or drummers in jazz? I'm sorry. What did you say? Who gets less respect, singers or drummers? <laughs> singers. Agreed. Agreed. But he's singers. a drummer. Yeah. Wow. So he's biased. But I get it. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't see it that way. But that's, that's I see it that way. Wait, you think you bass players get it? I thought he was going to say singers are bass No, players. there's jokes like, what are basses for to translate to the drummer, right? We're just considering uh, dum-dums. It's, it's all perspective, man. That's funny. Most yeah, it importantly, is all though, without drums, bass, or the vocals, you're missing a huge piece of the song. So we work together beautifully. I agree. I mean, if a drummer right? feels disrespected, right, they can just get loud. Whereas a vocalist, it's like, if I feel disrespected, what am I going to do? Walk off stage? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <take that. laughs> you know? Then the drummer starts singing, too. That's exactly. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Well, I respect singers. I respect you as a vocalist and all that you do, for sure. Um, wish I could be one myself. <laughs> Unfortunately, not everyone could be like yourself or, or Dariki here. Let's see what did there. I'll leave it alone. He is a great vocalist, though. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, the music education? Because you you said you switched, you were in pre-law, mm-hmm. and then you jumped over to music. Um, what was, I guess, just the transition? Because I know that there's a lot of people who are in one thing and maybe have music that's a passion and don't really know how to find the confidence or just feel like you might be crazy for thinking it's even a possibility. So mm-hmm. what would you say your mindset was in having maybe to convince yourself or just decide to follow that passion inside of you and pursue this? Um, at the time, I absolutely had no idea what I was doing and yeah, I had no co- no confidence whatsoever. Who does? If any, who does? And I was, <laughs> I was uh, 20, 22, 23 years old when I decided to make this big leap. And I'm generally, I'm not someone who makes a lot of big leaps in my life. I prefer comfort. I have mm. no shame in saying that. Fair, okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, I have to commend my my parents for the support that they provided me because mm, nice. it was really them who who pushed me and said, "We we know how much you love music. Uh, we know the potential you have, uh, and we'll provide you the support you need to prove to yourself and to us." that this is something you want and you'll do the work for it. So, yeah. So, and you know, I also benefit this to having an African father. He was like, hey, where's your plan? You know, Mm, you have to have a plan. Nice. So he said, first and foremost, you're going to finish your pre-law degrees. That's what I did. Okay. I moved from Brandon to Winnipeg because Brandon's uh, jazz program didn't have a vocal department. What brought you to Brandon? Just out of curiosity, from Africa to Brandon, that's such a weird uh, place to go. <laughs> He's trying to say that he thinks Toronto's better. No, I'm just curious. <laughs> she found her way. She did eventually, but why Brandon? It started in Brandon. Why Brandon? Well, I actually start, I started in Flint Flon, Manitoba. Where again? What the heck? Um, Flint Flon? Flint Flon? <laughs> yeah, what you call she it? She lived in the Flintstones. <laughs> Flint Flint Manitoba is in northern Manitoba. It Mm. is literally a town was named after a fictional character. Uh, And it it is a mining town. My my Mm. father is a metallurgist. He uh, Mm. is a 
engineer. So he was hired as the uh, the big boss, the superintendent of the smelter, which is why we moved from South Africa uh, to right. Flimflon. There's lots yeah, of mines in South Africa. I want to just keep saying Flimflom. Yeah. Much respect to Flimflom and all of our listeners out there. <laughs> How far is Flimflom from Thompson? Just so I can get a region. From Thompson, it's, it's about a four and a half hour drive. North. 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 Further. Wow. Whoa. So that's Thompson's like, seven hours from Manitoba. So it's like 11 hours from Exactly. Winnipeg. We're like I was close to Santa Isolated. Claus. Right, yeah. right. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And I was considered the black girl in school and being mixed mm. and having grown up in a very diverse oh, community, yeah, I was right. very confused by that. Oh, uh, yeah, just in terms of like people's awareness. Right, right. Um, Hyper awareness. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so the reason why I chose Brandon, you know, I wanted to be close to my, my family. Yep. And coincidentally, when I ended up at Brown University, my parents then moved to BC, so I was all alone. Nice try. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, leave me here. That's cool. That's cool. Wow. So, In their um, defense, though, BC sounds like a lot to... more fun than Flin Flan. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all saying it wrong. At I know. F- Flin Flan. Flin Flan. Flin Flan. Sorry, Manitoba. It's fancy. <laughs> Flan. <laughs> Flin flon. It's like a vocal exercise, actually. Uh, you, get, you should have nice. been there when we, my dad comes no, home in Zimbabwe. He's like, guess where we're moving to? We're like, where? Oh, wow, yeah. Flin flon. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, flin flon. No kidding. Yeah, wow. Well, I can't uh, move on. I mean, Sorry. You guys have to go on without <laughs> me at this point. Speaking of that, uh, dialects, do you speak any other languages? Do you use that in your music? Mm, good question. I speak German and I speak Shona, which is my father's uh, language. So cool. there, Guten Tag, because um, in Zimbabwe, there's about 14 different languages. Whoa. Um, and my fa- obviously, my father comes from the Mashana land tribe. There's two specific tribes in Zimbabwe, Ndebele and Shana. And within those two mm. tribes, there are different dialects of languages. Um, so, yes, Shana. And I do use, I have used uh, Shana on my uh, debut EP, a song I wrote an impartial tribute to home as well as to my father. Mm, that's awesome. That's that is a great awesome. tribute. Yeah. Um, I guess aside from the languages, are there any other aspects of the the music from Zimbabwe or other places that you um, have traveled to or lived at that influence your music as well? Sorry, uh, languages or, or no? Influences? Just like rhythm, yeah. Just influences, rhythmic or feel any of that stuff. Oh, definitely. Uh, I would say, I mean, at the moment, uh, I play predominantly with um, the, the group I tour with right now the most is uh, called Mekeke, and it's the Afro-Cuban jazz group. So uh, I've been very much influenced uh, by Cuban music, Brazilian music. Uh, I mean, I play Brazilian percussion instrument, kishishi. Um, so I'm, I'm really just drawn to rhythm. If the rhythm feels good, I'll study it. And I'll, I'll do my best to incorporate it. Nice. Do you are you a disciplined writer when it comes to music? Do you write all the time, or do you write when you feel like writing? I can only write when I feel like writing. Mm. I have to feel inspired, right. and that inspiration can come from both negative feelings or yep. positive. Right. True. Mm-hmm. What um I don't know if this is a fair question, but what song? Or if there's a couple songs that you feel you hold near and dear to your heart, whether it's because it was the first one that did X, Y, Z, or it was just one you really, really liked. Are there any that 
you hold near and dear to you? Personal favorites of your own music? Uh, there are definitely a few of them that come to mind, uh, kind of random, mm -hmm. but I think it's just because that was the first moments I remember of impact. Yeah. Um, one of them being The Waking by Kurt Elling, who's mm. uh, a jazz vocalist I love that song. from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So random. Cause, uh, yeah. I was just singing, I was saying, I wake to sleep and take my, I wake to sleep and take my waking slow. And everyone looks at me weird when I say that, but I always thought it was so oh, profound. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful poem that really he, he said to music. Mm. Uh, but it was the first time. I remember being 14, well, no, 15, and I, I went to um, uh, Peace Gardens mm. uh, close to the border of North Dakota and uh, in Canada, Manitoba. Right. And there was a jazz jazz camp I went to. And that was my first real instance uh, studying jazz as a young person. And I really hated jazz in my teens <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't fun. understand it. Yeah. You know, I was just like, what mm. is this? Yeah. Just a bunch of noise. <laughs> and we had listening, listening sessions. And uh, our professor, who was actually ended up being my, the professor at Brown University for this jazz history right. oh, wow. years, years later. Crazy how those things He work. put on The Waking by Kurt Elling. And mm. I just had like, the hairs on my arms just raised. I was like, yeah. what is this? It was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that one, and then randomly of all is Kim Burrell's Everlasting. Mm, um, and that was really, I was like, I, I, I realized my love for gospel, my love for soul music. And, right. and even in that, how you can marry that with jazz and so forth. If there was a jazz artist you could do a duet with, dead or alive, who would you want to do a duet with? Woo! That's a good <laughs> question. Oh, I would love to do a duet uh, with a few people. Um, India Sean, who is one of my favorite vocalists right now uh, and songwriters. Um, and then in jazz, Kurt Elling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only because... <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Gregory Porter. Ah, yes. Uh, Jean Baylor, who's a phenomenal vocalist and writer. If you're not mm. familiar with her, she is, uh, very underrated, but, uh, highly qualified. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, What's there's a long oh, list. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you named some great people. said it on so here, so name. things tend to happen <laughs> when you say them on this show, just saying. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope that something happens. No, I just said it. <laughs> what about you, Dariki? Who would you do a duet with? Uh, a duet? It would be weird to do a duet with Gregory Porter. I'm just a big fan. But um, Fair. Okay. Layla Hathaway, Hathaway would be one. Yeah. His voice went super high. That's so uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Someone else. You're trying to show off your range. No, she'd be the... That would be, be crazy. Yeah. She would be... And Mariah Carey, I'll just say her. Awkward. All right, Everyone was just on. like, whoa. <laughs> We're just I trying to like, think which octave you're going to take. Yeah, I was like, wow, you're going to. Okay. I'll, I'll, be, I would pay so much money to what sing. What about now. you, Anthony? Let's say you could sing. I mean, you, I don't know all, if you can. My voice he can I've never sing. heard you. He can sing. I was nicknamed scared. Silky Lavender. Was it Silky? Lavender Lewis. Wow. Okay, whatever. Lewis. I don't things. have to know my Lavender own nickname. Lewis. For other things. It's because the silkiness of this voice right here, man. You be quiet. I want to hear Lavender Lewis. I'm really good at this one thing, and it's called deflecting. You asked me something I didn't want to answer. I thought you were, gonna, so I made I a thought really you were talking about like a vocal technique called deflecting. I'm like, you're really good at that? <laughs> Is there a vocal technique called deflecting? Is there? Something I, don't think I learned so. when I was in my time. <laughs> I, 
I want to tell you guys a real what funny are, story about my time in a town called Flim Flong. Flim Flong. What are the funniest sounding vocal techniques or vocal warm ups? That's a good question. Yeah, share them. Demonstrate. Ah, one of my favorite is just like the the lip the lip buzz. That's really good for just warming up your voice in a a, a safe way because you never want to mm. open your mouth wide and start with high pitches right away. You end up mm. just singing from your throat. So if you're singing with your mouth closed, uh, implying pressure on just creating a buzz. I like that one. It also just looks funny. People yeah, love it. Yeah, sounds hilarious. First time somebody did that at the studio uh, before I knew what that was, it was a different studio. And they were doing that, but they were also going with the, the bridge breaking exercise. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I didn't know, I'm like setting up a mic Good and this dude in the leather jackets in the other room like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being attacked by pterodactyls, but that's a real thing. It is an exercise. Anything is, else? That's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I don't want to do it on camera because this is recorded. We're not filming. You know, we're not like, filming. I mean, well, well, we sorry, we're, sorry, we're not posting. We're not posting. We are filming. Camera's off. I swear. There's no video on the podcast. It's kind of tempting us. not to use the good sound bites, though. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness. Enter this uh, cautiously because I will use uh, it. Well, what is for really uh, for warming up or extending your jaw? Ah, you just want to. Ah, <laughs> like, you want to really relax your your eyebrows. Ah, just like. If I were a rapper, that's how uh, I would start all of my bars. Uh, ah, I put the. <laughs> I can just see somebody who doesn't like warming up just be like, "Hey, it's time for a warm up." They go, "Okay." Ah. <laughs> ah. I'm ready. Exactly. Exactly. But you really you really want to emphasize ah like sticking your tongue ah. out oh, like, as um, much as you can. Okay, what else f- for ah. intelligibility specifically because we're working on that with Dariki for a project for Ooh. for the most enunciation and pronunciation. What do you do for that? Um so you want to keep a really oval sound. Imagine an egg in your mouth, right? So if you imagine egg in your mouth, you drop your jaw. So now you want to go through your vowels. I, I, on one pitch, and then I raise your pitch every time. And then you can pick a different pitch for every vowel. I, and so forth and so forth. That way you're keeping proper placement. You're not singing from your throat and you're not singing from your nose. That's a big problem. You're keeping a really round sound. You always want to have a round sound. Round. Okay, then uh, for singing for the nose, what did you re- what would you recommend for Bob Dylan? Because he's got a problem. <laughs> it works for him. Well, Ooh, he, did it, he, he's got the he's got the money, right? Yeah. So just invest in some in some good vocal coaches. <laughs> blow your nose. Did you say blow your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, a lot of lessons uh, learned beautiful. here. Okay, yeah. Uh, where do you go from that? I, that I don't great. even know. I need to hear Silky Anthony though. It's Silky sorry. Lavender. I know. Lavender, I mean, Lewis. With name, <laughs> Lavender. With a name, with a name like that, I'm like smelling lavender. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm hearing things. We might, we might be onto something here. It was more <laughs> in. Uh, it wasn't my voice, to be honest. It was, yeah, my, it was, just, it was my it bass was playing. playing. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, then what? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, I've never heard you sing, and you're like, they used to call me Lavender I Lewis. I told you, I like to deflect as these as awkward yeah, questions when people are listening. <laughs> I don't know who's listening, man. I'm trying to... I'm going to stop right there. I was about to just explain way too much. Um, okay. We're going to work on that. We're going to work on all of that. But I will practice these vocal techniques, and I will... Uh, mm-hmm. 
I'll make something of it. It's fun doing it in the car because sometimes people see you. Yeah. Oh, and you can't hear the... Yeah. Especially yeah, the big that, mouth do stuff. That one. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Do that big, one at yeah. like a, a stop sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was called the stop sign. I wouldn't recommend it around here, though. That's, yeah. Matt, you sing too, though. I try. No, you do. You do background vocals yeah, and stuff yeah, for yeah. your band. Okay. Sure, yeah. Okay. If there's a good vocalist in front of me, <laughs> I'll help. Okay. Okay. I'll help. Okay. <laughs> Only that way. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you, um, what's your take on, ba- or not really your take, but do you do background vocals as well? I love doing background vocals. Uh, I think it's much more difficult to be a, a good backup singer than a lead singer. Mm. You know, you're thinking about blending not only sure. your sound or volume, but your the enunciation, the way you round your vowels, uh, the way you cut off. There's so much more detail required. That's true. That's true, and you have to be perfectly in sync with the others. Oh, yeah. The other, yeah. Wow. How do you prepare for that? <clears throat> That's different than I guess the lead. Um, Preparation isn't that different. Um, for me, preparation is, once again, spending enough time with the piece. So I, if you're going into the right. studio still needing to listen to references a lot or are using um, any sort of audio references as a crutch, you don't really know the piece. You're not internalized. You haven't internalized Very it. True. So yeah. I think it's important, like pr- approaching, preparing for lead singing is have you internalized your parts um, mm. therefore when you go and you're interacting with other people said the other vocalists, um, you can pay more attention to the detail of finesse rather than I'm still learning my part. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's a great point. Yeah. That's huge preparation. And just yeah. getting the voice, the voice ready is the same anyway. Right. So it's more just exactly. all of the same. Just knowing your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I've asked a majority of the questions, so I want to give you gentlemen some room to, um, do you record yourself at all? I see there's some equipment behind you there. I see there's a pop filter and an <laughs> iPad and a music stand. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think I'm seeing one of those uh, l- like baby vocal room things behind you. Maybe not. Yes, my little, my oh, little cool. vocal booth. The Chaotica thing uh, or whatever it's called. Yeah. What else do you see, yes. Matt? This is fun. <laughs> uh, there's something yellow on the music stand as well. That could be a phone. It's probably uh, no, that's that's my notebook for note taking. Oh uh, yeah, real note taking. Let's talk about that. Why do you take <laughs> physical notes when computers exist? Uh, because there's something more organic about writing it on paper. You remember it more, you internalize, and also the fear of your computer never opening again. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Shut it down. That's a real fear. You know. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Yeah, and exactly. you made a, a big point there about you remember it more. And mm-hmm. that's true. That's something I try to explain to my students all the time. They're like, I wrote it down. It doesn't, if you're tapping on keys, it's the information passes through you more easily. Mm-hmm. If you yes. have to stop and imagine the shapes of the letters and then tell mm-hmm. your hand to move in that direction, you're actually sending the idea through more parts of your brain. Mm. And while doing that, there's more of a chance, basically, that those ideas will remain in your brain. Right. So taking physical exactly. notes is extremely useful. Even just writing down, if you have a problem, yeah. and I don't know, your therapist is busy or you don't have one, <laughs> writing down <laughs> your problems and then tearing it away. just by Yeah, because then it, you're just, it, it's like, uh, like in foosball, it just bounces around in your head 
un- until it's, some of it stays there. So that's cool to see that there. Um, yeah. Back to, to tech, back to uh, high tech versus low tech, because <laughs> taking notes is technology. Right. Um, what's that like? Is this out of necessity? Is it something that you're learning that you, you like to do as well? What, what's your experience like, especially during the pandemic? Home recording, uh, it was it was sparked out of necessity because of the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I generally love to do, recording myself, because I really respect the profession of recording engineer, and it's a whole thing in itself. Yeah. True. And to be honest, I'm exhausted by the end of it. Like <laughs> I just want I just want to come in the studio and do my job. Right. Yeah. And yeah, not yeah. have to learn a whole other set of skills that. I mean, I feel like a little shameful for saying, but I don't really care to to <laughs> learn true. the ins and outs of yeah. home recording. Speak your truth. Yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'd rather collaborate with someone uh, who's who spent the time uh, to do that. But it was it was a necessity. Um, and partially, too, I, um, I did want to see uh, if I was capable of doing it, if I enjoyed doing it. And I do it's enjoy doing it yeah. when there's no pressure, like time. Yeah. time constraints yeah um and so i just started to acquire a small studio space uh, i have recently moved so i'm still trying to figure out this new space here at home mm-hmm. nice. um and it's a very basic setup like i have you know i have logic i've got uh my interface okay. a nice microphone my little vocal booth uh piano for reference and Perfect. then it's just at that point it's like talent you know yeah so True. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we shouldn't expect any home recordings to hit the streaming platforms anytime soon? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to leave that for going into the studio. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a good option to have. Yeah. Here's something I'm wondering Definitely. about, especially for someone who didn't like the studio at first. What kind of studio etiquette do you feel like more people should observe in the studio? Wow, that's a good question. Like, I'll give you one example a, just to, to get it rolling. The talk yeah. back, right? Some engineers or producers would, f- they you can't hear them unless they push the button. And some engineers right. would forget to do that and then just continue working or talk to somebody else in the room while you're watching them. And you can see them and they might be laughing or, or not laughing yeah, or frowning. Yeah. Mm. And you immediately <clears throat> think, is that me? Is that, am I yeah, the problem? Yeah. But they might just be joking about something else. So that's right. just one example that gets to me. Right. Mm. Engineers not uh, doing it? Or whoever's in charge of the talkback not pushing it between takes. Got you, got you. Right. Mm. Uh, I mean, I definitely, partially to cultural background, like respect is is a, is a big uh, thing for me in both ways. I... I prefer to be treated the same way I treat others. And especially in a professional setting, I'm coming into your workspace, you know, into your studio. So I'm coming with that more respect, but I I definitely expect that back. So if that was me in that specific example of setting, I would just approach it. I'm I'm straightforward. So is there something that's funny? Are you, is that laugh toward directed towards me? And yeah, depending yeah. on the answer, then we approach that <laughs> accordingly. Oh, oh okay. Well, beef. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She don't play. On these streets of No, I don't play. 
That was my last one. I had to do one more. I apologize. We might cut it. We'll see. Other flim flam gangs. Oh, I got it. The Flimmies. The Flimmies. Flimmies and the Flamas. Flamins. Alright. And they fight in the. Uh, you know, we're about square. to get carried away. It's too late. There were some gangs. You know, there really? was definitely some people you don't want to be surrounded by. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. The I mean, that's that's everywhere. Flim. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, not nothing, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying nothing. Yeah, we'll leave that I don't alone. know about that. We're trying to make friends here only. Yeah, no kidding. So, <laughs> yeah. They're going to come here. <laughs> okay. We had, a, we had a great time talking with you today. I want to make sure that we give you a chance to plug your music. If you let us know what you have that's out or that's coming out, and also where people can find you online, that would be amazing. Definitely. Uh, well, I released my debut EP last year, this time last year. It's called No Holding Back. Uh, it's purely a digital release. You can purchase it on Bandcamp. You can stream it on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, everywhere. Um, you can check it out on YouTube. I've got a music video. I've got some live performances on there on my YouTube channel. You can reach out to me on uh, Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is it's Joanna Majoko. Uh, I've got a website, joannamajoko.com. And uh, right now I, I have been touring a lot uh, stateside in Europe, but I'm hoping nice. to start booking some more things here locally and uh, dedicate some time to uh, uh, performing here in the community. So I'm performing here at International Jazz Day, which is nice, April nice. 30th. Nice. Uh, I'll be opening for uh, the amazing Hilario Duran, who is a Cuban pianist. Sweet. At Where's Hughes that? Room. Oh, nice. Okay. At Hughes Room. Mm. I believe that's 3030 Dundas Street West. Okay. Um, and that'll just be a one-hour set uh, right before his performance. And yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. Something yeah. we can check out. Or, yeah, Definitely. our audience for sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for Definitely. joining us. It's been really fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you really for all yeah. the jokes and for all the information. For and if you Love get a it. chance sometime, we could have a conversation in person here at the studio. Definitely. Definitely. I just couldn't make it because uh, half across the city. I understand. No um, worries. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. we'll but I love that. Thank you so Sounds much. Good. I really, really appreciate it. Stay safe and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you all so much. Bye. Each episode of the DNA Airwaves is recorded, broadcast, produced, and all that good stuff right here at the MPL Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. Check us out at the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, dot com for more details. This podcast is also brought to you by The DNA Project, your live entertainment agency. Anything you need for your live event, they've got you covered. Weddings to large corporate galas, we can do it all or we can do just a little bit. Wonderful people and a great company. Check them out before your live event at thednaproject.ca. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. 
Visit dnaairwaves.com slash captivate today to start your free trial.